Hey guys, just Josh here. Welcome to Ballarat Talks. Proudly sponsored by the Region Cinema. Jeez, you, yeah, you, yeah. you put the balls on the line there. Yeah, I was. <laughs> just, just, just. No, I moved, I moved out of home when I was 14, so it sort of comes really? My face. Oh, the phone, the phone's going to ring off the hook. Hope you enjoy today's episode, guys, with Kate Davis. All right, today's guest, uh, she's, she's quite well known around town. She's an event planner. She's a, a paddock to plate movement supporter and creator of Eat, Drink, West and also played at Ballarat. And uh, after doing some digging, I've, uh, I hear she's the founder of a, she was the founder of a dating app called Let's Woo. And that's, is that how you met your hubby? Uh, no. No? That's, <laughs> no. What, that's what I've been told. No? Okay. Well, that's not how she met her husband. But welcome, Kate Davis, to Ballarat Talks. Hello, Josh. How are Thank you? Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. How you been going? How's, how's things with lockdowns and whatnot? They've been good. Thank you. Um, the last 5.0 was pretty good. We, uh, we're down part with the homeschooling now. So yep. I've, I've had a different um, sort of direction in the way that I've been approaching homeschooling, mm. which has been a bit far more relaxed than I probably was last it's, year. Uh, it's pretty, I don't know, like, I feel like, that's the, is that the hardest part for you? Juggling, yes. Yeah, like with the kids and yeah, really yeah. tough. Yeah, last year especially was because I sort of was in a lot of um, groups yep. and organisations. So there were a lot of additional um, meetings that I had to be in while I was homeschooling. So sometimes I'd be in like two hour Zoom meetings and I'd have Miss Florence, you know, in grade three, just <laughs> in the pantry for two hours and I'd, there was nothing I could do. So. <laughs> Miss Florence. Yeah, there certainly was a juggle. Do you remember, I, I was trying to think of this last, last night, how did we first meet? I, I was thinking about that when we were driving, when I was yeah. driving here. I can't remember. I can't remember either. I mean, I've known you for quite some time. Yeah, I was just thinking, I don't know if it was... I reckon it was played up. I think I approached you and said, hey, we've got some toasties happening in Ballarat. Do you want to do something? And go and film something. Yeah, I think so that I filmed some stuff it. with the council people. Yeah. Possibly at the time. But and I was, that was loving it? what you were doing and I think I said, yeah. That's possibly and actually some vlogs around town. at an event or... I can't remember, but we, yeah. Yeah, it somewhere around there. I couldn't couldn't think of that. All right, let's let's start from the start. Tell me a bit about yourself. Give me a bit of a brief a briefing of where you're from, Ballarat. I am. Yep. Yes, I was born here. Yep. I have only ever lived here, and awesome. sometimes I think that's a positive, and sometimes I think that's a negative. Yep. Um, but in saying the fact that I've always been here, I've also travelled a bit as well. So I haven't only just been in Ballarat, and that's and that's it. Yep. Um, I grew up here. I went to Ballarat High School. I worked for UFS dispensaries for about 12 years oh, yeah. and I managed the gift shop, um, Chair of Gifts. What's that? Uh, it's no longer here, but it's it was next to um, the UFS dispensaries in Sturt Street, next to Peace and Quiet. Yep. Yeah, that's so, yep. yeah, I was 18 and started managing there. Um, it was a store that uh, needed some work so I had to we rebranded we repositioned um, there was a lot of work that I needed to do to turn it around in terms of making a profit as well yep so as a result of the work that I was doing um, I don't know for some reason I was just really good at selling Hallmark cards and encouraging the team to sell Hallmark cards Hallmark yeah it's kind of like do you want fries with that at McDonald's but it was also about you know yeah, do you need a card? Um, like a gift card? Yes, as in one, a card that you would write on so that you would oh, give, you know, God, like yeah, the old-fashioned yeah, yeah. actually handwritten yeah. birthday yeah, card. they don't have any more, do they? <laughs> I'm all about the handwritten cards. Um, but, yeah, for some reason our sales were just going through the roof with the Hallmark cards and I was invited to go on a retail study tour to the US. 
with right. Hallmark. Yeah. So we went to Kansas City, Vegas, Chicago, um, and it was like the first time I'd ever been overseas, and it was absolutely amazing. Because um, you were selling these things so yes, well. Yeah. Oh my god. It was like a reward for selling so many cards. But yep. it's funny. It's easy for me to sell things for other people, but when it comes to me, it's not the same. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I've got more confidence probably being able to get out there and sell on behalf of somebody else. It's not like I don't believe in my own things. Yeah. But Interesting. Yeah. It's just who I am, I think, okay. Josh. Yep. Um, yeah. So worked at UFS um, dispensaries for quite some time and I uh, married a boy from Ballarat as well. Mm. And uh, what I did with um, working at Cherub Gifts was identified this opportunity to work with other retail stores around town. We had lots of um, fascinators and sunglasses and all the amazing things that you'd wear for spring racing, yep. spring fashion, um, but we didn't have any of the dresses, we didn't have any of the shoes. So I started collaborating with a number of um, businesses around cool. town yep. and then underpinning that I started to do a number of fashion parades as well. So we raised money for um, a number of different causes, the Ballarat Cancer Network, um, the Soup Bus and what was so good about that was whilst we were all competition in, the, in that retail space, when we all came together and worked together, we all you know, lifted each other yeah. as well. Yeah. So that was really fun. And I guess that probably is where my love of events sort of started. Yep. Um, and then I fell pregnant uh, with Macy, who's now 13. What year was that? Well, how, how old were you so then? So she was born in 2008 yep. and I was 27. So, oh. um, so yeah, so I was, at, I was at Cherub Gifts from 18 until about 2027. 20, yep. And then went on maternity leave. And while I was on maternity leave, I did an event management course in Sydney um, and then came back and started. In Sydney? Like I went to Sydney to do the course. How long did it take? Oh, it was a really quick sort of six-week fast track okay. event And this was just after course. you had yeah, Oh, no, it was like she was 10 months or okay, so. Cool. Yeah, not, yeah. I, it wasn't like two days yeah, later. I was like ready to go. Yeah, on maternity leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did the event management course as well and because I was not sure whether I'd go back into managing that space because I was managing it full time. I was doing all the um, buying, I was going to the gift fairs, I was doing all the catalogues, I was doing the rostering, everything. I basically, um, you know, I didn't own it, but I basically owned it. Yeah, you were the, yeah, you were the... Didn't have any, any, yeah, it happens all the time, obviously, in, yeah. in most businesses, were they? Yeah, absolutely. So, and I did love it, and I did love retail. I was actually nominated a finalist as the Victorian Young Retailer of the Year. That's how much I loved it. Wow. Because I was selling all those cards. Yeah. Um, but then I realised that I couldn't actually go back managing a couple of days a week and be a mum and be everything. Yeah. Uh, and it just got too much for me. So I decided not to do, um, not to be at Cherub anymore. And that was actually after I had Florence. So Florence is three years apart from Macy. And I actually started talking to Simon Coughlin from Golden City Hotel. Yeah. So I'd sort of gone from Cherub into this event management space. And Simon said to me one day, I reckon we should do a beer fest in Ballarat. And so, like, yeah, yeah, let's see, yeah, go on, yeah, sorry. So that's, um, did you find that in your digging? 
I did. I was on your LinkedIn, so that's where I saw. Oh, I did say that. Yeah, well, it's well, it's just going back through the history. But yeah, I did say that. Yep. Yeah. So um, you know, we've got a rich brewing history here in Ballarat, and it just made complete sense to um, look at having a beer festival here. Yep. And when I say complete sense, it absolutely made no sense to have a beer festival in the middle of the CBD, <laughs> encouraging people to drink craft beer. Oh, was that here in the yeah. CBD? I thought it was so, like around the lake. No, so when we started it, it was at the City Oval Hotel. Uh, the City Oval. Oh, yes, of course. Sorry, yep, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then you moved it or there was another uh, place? No, we were planning on moving it to the lake. Yep. Um, but we'd sold it before it went to the lake. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that was massive. And, um, you know, huge. We had 6,000 people that, you know, were all uh, trying different craft beers and whatnot. And I, and I think there is this pattern for me in terms of um, working with operators yep. and helping to support their business. Like it's, it's kind of still going now. Yep. Um, but the fundamental things for me with Beer Festival was we had, you know, 40 craft brewers who we would bring together and then help them put their product into the hands of so mm -hmm. many people. The challenge that I had was so many brewers would be like, why would we come to Ballarat when so many businesses don't even, you know, serve craft beer yeah, yeah. in their venues? Yeah. That was a real challenge. Um, what, did you, what did you say to that? Well, well, the first year it was absolute cold calling. Hi, I'm Kate Davis, I'm from Ballarat. We're gonna do a beer festival, we'd love you to come. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, and then they would kind of give me those challenging sort of um, pushbacks. Yep. But we just took them on the journey. And, and while we were taking them on the journey, we were also having kind of the conversations with our venues in Ballarat as well. Um, you know, Dallas at the Mallow yeah. had, um, you know, had opened up his venue, which was great because that, you know, is all about the craft beers. And there was sort of this emerging sort of, seeing bubbling away yep. um you know you only have to look at where we're at now with red duck and you know cubby house auntie jack's you know hop temple so it's really exciting where we are now um from way back then where we were kind of like yeah you're right yeah we're not really there yeah, yeah yep but we would love to get to here are you a, a massive beer drinker no you hate it i i don't hate it i just don't love it so it's a bit funny because here i'm doing you know this big ambassador for, for yeah, craft I mean, it's, beer. Yeah, business, but that's okay. Yeah, I'd rather a cruiser, if I'm honest. <laughs> cruiser. I'm, I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate beer with a passion. I don't, I don't know why. I think it's, I'm just not, hit, never hit that phase, I don't think. Uh, it was really interesting kind of watching the fallout with how, and, and learning yeah. um, the brewers' backgrounds as well. So some brewers would have gone through, you know, Peter Aldred's um, brewing school at the university. And then some other brewers would be like, oh, we were just, you know, having drinks around house one day and we decided that we'd fill the pool and we'd just start making beer from home. And so there were two completely different sort of stories. One was the real science and then the other side was kind of that real fun. Yep. But then what, what we started discovering too was because, you know, we had 40 different craft brewers, they all had to stand out. So we'd yep. have chilli beers, we'd have lemongrass beers, there'd be blueberry beers. So the whole lot. Yeah. And some people would say, we actually just want a beer that tastes like a beer. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I totally get. Because some beers you can only have a couple of. They're not sessional beers. Yeah. But I do love that they are interesting. I do love that there's a story behind it. I do love that, um, you know, I would, again, that whole collaboration, 
I would get a number of brewers together and ask them to brew a special beer for us yep. um, for Beer Fest. Mm. Um, and, and again, it was kind of like they're not, they are competition, but they're not because yeah, they were yeah. all there yep. um, for the industry. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. So you, you finish, you sell that. Yes. And then you move on to Play Up, was that 2011? Um, where am I at? Well, so then there was a little hiccup in between because the girl's dad and I ended up splitting up. Okay, yep. So I ended up being a single mum for yep. a bit. Tough. And then, well, so that's kind of where this whole dating thing came from. Not oh, about so me. This is, it's sorry. not about me at all. So the date, okay. Go. So, so I, <laughs> just, uh, just, despite just what you might have heard, about me. Yeah, go on. Um, well, I mean, I had been with the girl's dad. He's Richard. I'd yeah. been with him from when I was 18 to, you know, 30. Yep. And... I had quite a few friends who had not found anyone in sort of between that time and it made me think, hmm, what can I do? You know, is there something else that I could be doing to help? I do have this um, kind of fire in my belly that things happen and then it makes me go, right, what can I do? Yeah, for the switch. Yeah, for instance, when I, if I go back to the event space as well, someone had sort of said to me when I was going out on my own to do events, there are a number of event, you know, managers in Ballarat. Yep. For me, I wasn't going into that space to take anyone's work. I wasn't going into that space to um, take, you know, it was, for me, it was about how do I create, what can I do, what can I bring to our city, yeah. what can I identify that we can sort of really... Wait, you had people saying to you there's too many event players oh, already. Oh, just one like... person had sort of said, you know, that there's enough, like there's quite a few, um, but that's okay, that was good. Because it made me go, yep, that's right, and I respect that very much. Yep. And then, and then, how can I fit into this space okay. as well? Yep. Again, might be competition, but for the industry, mm. how can we all sort of work together and, and complement the work that we do? So, um, there was an extremely sad story here in Ballarat where a lady was murdered. Um, she had been on a, a dating site, met a guy, yep. and it didn't go well at all and she felt that it wasn't right and and then he left but he came back um and he murdered her and how long ago was this um it must have been i don't know nine years ago maybe my my timeline's not great yeah um i would have just i reckon i would have been i don't remember hearing about that no it was yeah it was it's extremely sad and there was a beautiful fundraiser um to help her son was too and oh so a lot, a lot of our community rallied around to, to help support. Yep. Um, so I was a, a single mum and I had friends who were single and I kind of felt like, what else can we be doing if people are not feeling safe being on, you know, those platforms? They might not feel that confident going to pubs, you know, mm-hmm. and meeting people. So, yes, in, in my <laughs> creative headspace decided that I would... Um, develop this app that was all about meeting face to face and it was like it's, it was called let's we um meeting meet face to face not in cyberspace yep. and i put so much work into the back end of it in terms that you know let's say i had an event and guys and girls met guys girls whoever people had met and there was a spark yep. they could go onto the platform 
and then say to me, hey, you know, I met Josh on Friday night. I really liked him. I'd love to speak to him again. And so we would do all the, the background work in regards to then going to so you. So then messaging you. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. so it was more about having a, a really safe space. So if you weren't interested, mm. it meant that we could go back. So there was no exchange of numbers. There was no exchange of anything until people felt comfortable. Gotcha. Makes sense. And um, so, so that was all great. Um, <laughs> I had a couple of events. There actually is a success story where yeah. two people did meet and go to an event and they got married and had a baby, oh, which wow. I'm very proud of. Um, unfortunately, it was hard to do oh, purely how many because... messages were you getting? No, well, uh, no, we kind of didn't really get to that point. I didn't actually have enough guys, single guys at that time. Lots of single girls, but yep. not enough single guys. Okay. And... So it sort of was, yeah, it was kind of one of those tricky things that I really needed to throw my entire self in and just keep it going and, you know, um, make it sort of really, really work. Yep. And and then there were a few back-end issues actually that had happened that kind of caused a real drama in how I could keep it going just with, I don't know. What do you mean? Can you talk with about the, No, just with the developer. No, okay. no, no, more so with the developer uh, in terms it's of... quite expensive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a huge investment and I... I had TV commercials on when the farmer wants a wife. Like I really, really genuinely wanted to help people, yep. you know, find love. Yep. The story with my husband now, Luke, yeah. <laughs> um, I've not, I'd known him for quite some time because I was part of Young Ambition Rotary. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to contribute to the community a, a number of years ago and a friend invited me and said, look, why don't you come along? So I'd met Luke um, and then it wasn't until, you know, well, I, then I became a single mum and then Luke had, um, I'd seen him at a beer festival. Your beer This festival. January, yeah. yeah. And we were just sure. chatting away and, you know, there was nothing to that at all. But I'd started Let's Woo and I did need a lawyer actually to look over some terms and conditions for me. To Is make sure. Yes. Okay, yep. And so um, he checked it all out for me one day, you know, because we were all very, very professional. I'd only known him in a professional sense. Yep. And then, um, so yeah, so he did do that part for me. But I'd seen him one day. This is this is just to let everybody know that it, <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't because of this. <laughs> yeah. No, it was actually a mutual friend okay. um, that pulled us, that got us together. She said to Luke, "Oh, you should, um, you should date Kate Davis." She's straight up. And he said, "No way, she'll have a partner." And she's like, "Oh, I don't know. Well, you know, I'll give her a call." And so she called me and said, look, are you dating anyone? And I was like, no. And um, she said, well, Luke Dunn, you know, I think he'd be interested in taking you out on a date. And I was like, Luke Dunn wouldn't be interested in taking me out on a date, you know. <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> He's not going to be wanting to take me out on a date. Um, anyway, they got on my Facebook page and they saw this boy and I with all of these photos saying, you know, I love you, Kate Davis, and I'd be going, I love you, Brad Fernando, and all of a sudden I realised that everyone thought that I did actually have a boyfriend oh, and his name was Brad, Brad Fernando. Yep. And um, which was kind of good because I didn't mind because Brad doesn't, yeah. wasn't interested in me at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so Luke called and asked me out on a date. He actually said, would you like to go out for breakfast or lunch or dinner? I was like, yeah, any of those. He's like, right, all of the above. All we'll right. go out on all of those. Awesome. So, yeah, so the rest is history. Um, yep. He's got three children. I've got two. 
after probably a year of dating, we actually all moved in together. Shit, five kids. So two homes combined into one with five children. Yeah. Um, but we couldn't find anywhere to rent. We needed five say, bedrooms. Five bedrooms really yeah. Oh, did you put them in together or no? Um, two. So Luke's daughter and my eldest yep. ended up, which was really wonderful yep. for them to sort of really bond. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of been, you know, we've been together for seven years and living together for about four or so, or five probably, really, by the time we kind of got through everything. Yep, great. So yeah, so you sell, <laughs> so I'm oh, sorry, then you, so you finish up with that. With a let's woo? Yeah. Yes. It would, it would have been hard to step away from, obviously. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Probably. But it was just kind of not, it ended up being sort of something that I probably needed a team to yeah. be able to really bring the skill sets in. Yeah. Um, and if I jump back a bit, I, when I was working at Cherub Gifts, this is kind of this whole, oh, sorry, this is kind of this whole determination for me. Um, there was one particular day that I had been cataloguing these amazing cosmetic bags that Cherub Gifts, it's owned by UFS Dispensaries, which meant that there was a member discount for the product. Yep. And I ended up selling so many cosmetic bags that were in the catalogue. And this one morning, this is way back when you used to receive a fax. Yeah. I walked in one morning from work and, or to work and had this fax with a company saying, we're no longer stocking this product for you. Um, there's been a, a, another retail store in Ballarat complain that you are giving discount. So therefore you're not allowed to have it anymore. It was hard because for me, I was paying exactly the same price. Yeah. You know, that wholesale price was exactly the same. It was just the way that the structure was set up for UFS that you just had to, you know, give that um, discount. Right. So then I decided that I would speak to one of my best friends and say to her, right, well, if we can't get them, we'll just make our own. Mm. So um, Louise Towson and I went about designing and getting prototypes made and... Our bags? Yep. Jeez, you've done yeah. some things, haven't you, Kate? <laughs> yeah, but then, I can't say that I've been successful in... Well, you've tried <laughs> yeah. them. You've tried some I've things. I've certainly tried. Yeah. Um, so we took ourselves to Hong Kong and went to a gift fair. Oh, my God. Walked around this huge, huge expo where there were just, um, you know, businesses of, of factory after factory after factory after yep. factory. And we're like, we have absolutely no idea what we're doing. And it was only that I recognised a product that I had been selling in my store that was on a stand that I was like, ah, oh, this is a really good product. Yep. This factory must be really good. Let's go with this factory. Yep. So we started making cosmetic bags. Um, we ended up getting a rep that used to work, sell to me in Chera. Um, she was selling our bags in, you know, boutique pharmacies, in the carry-on stores at the airport. It was really amazing. But the negotiation that we were doing, you know, into China, the prices, the quantities, everything. Like, it was such new territory for us. It's full on import duties. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But that was right. I didn't realise at the time, but I was actually pregnant with Macy when I was oh. going all out with this as well. So, yeah, I kind of have this habit of just piling things on top of myself. Yeah. And then Lou fell pregnant as well. So it kind of became, became one of those things where it sort of was a secondary sort we of... Where, how, many, how many bags did you order? Oh, we ordered a lot, like, and we ended up having a lot. I've done that before, no. Mm. <laughs> Sits in your garage. Yes, yeah. yes, that did happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, I did jump over a, a little bit there, but I kind of went from Cherub. 
I did a diploma of um, business management and HR while I was at managing Cherub as well. Yep. Did the Let's Woo, um, our toilet bags. Mm. And then I'm kind of now at sort of more ready to go with plate up. Yeah. And that started. Um, I was doing a project with Serena Aldridge at The Courier. Yep. So we did good month, good food month with her. And I really, really enjoyed, you know, bringing all of the um, food operators together. Mm-hmm. And we did that for two years. And I was kind of, I've done so, like I was the event manager out at the Evoca Turf Club. You know, I've done Spring Fest. The, I've got a huge list of events that I have um, run. Yep. But I kind of really fell into that food and drink space. You know, starting Beer Festival, doing the Good Food Month. Um, running the Seriously Shiraz event, uh, which is now called the Red Series yep. um, Pyrenees on Earth. So I've worked with the wineries from the Grand Pins and Pyrenees and Ballarat as well for some time. And I was on the board of Isabellarat. Mm-hmm. And when was that? Um, oh, Beer Fest. I, I jumped off an hour, a year earlier from my term yep. because I felt that. I was probably needing to be in more of an operational space as opposed to the strategic space because there was work that I really wanted to do and yep. I couldn't do it while I was, you know, working there. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so then I felt that Ballarat could actually have its own food festival because, you know, we have this burgeoning food scene. We've got these amazing operators who are doing things, um, you know, really dynamic offerings that we had, dynamic people. And of course, our you know produce that we're mm. surrounded by. So for me, I was like, yes, this is you know I really think that we can own this. So I took myself to Wellington. Um, New so, yeah, yeah, so I went to Wellington on a plate and met the director there, and I just sat with her, and she just talked me through a whole heap of things. Their food festival's been going for over ten years, but I wanted to learn as much as I could, um, and then came back and said, yep, I think you know let's do this. And so I've, I did two food festivals. Is this the toasty? So the first year we did pies. I thought it was the second year. And then second year we did toasties. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yep. Um, so, which was great. Yeah. And then last year we had plans to launch something else. It was a little bit different, but of course that kind of didn't happen because of COVID. COVID, definitely, yeah. And so after I did the first sort of plate up Ballarat, and we were talking about, you know, any event that was on or any toasty or pie, um, it was all about using local produce as well. Mm. And a lot of the chefs were like, okay, we haven't got time to find, you know, all the produce or I'm new, I don't even know who to use, can you help us out? And so that's when we started Eat Drink West to sort of bring together a platform of our local producers. So I remember so you invited me to Freight uh, Bar. Yes. Yeah. It was course. like a, a night with Sarge and that you did. So that was yeah, so I didn't quite understand what what was happening there. It was good to go to because you explained it perfectly yeah. just about getting all the local produce in and basically just well the paddock to plate scenario we talk about, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, so yeah, so that was started. Yep. And then Last March, I had planned on doing a Meet the Maker Day. So we had, I think it was 40 different producers 
Um, and then we had over 100 people coming to the event yep. to meet the producers. And we were really excited about it because it meant that we were doing that really genuine connection between the chefs. We had people actually coming from Warnable and Bendigo, like it was really amazing. But of course we had to cancel that as well. And then on the tw in May last year, because I couldn't do the festival, that was fine. Um, I realised that there was a National Burger Day in May. Yep. But I realised it was it was that like two weeks before it was coming up, mm -hmm. and I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to write to all the venues and Pretty see if places. anyone's yep. you know on board. And it was amazing because I think we ended up with like maybe twenty different venues on board, yep. and it was the weekend that we were able to go back out. And I think we ended up selling like four thousand burgers over three days, which is really incredible. No, it actually wasn't a comp. It was okay. just a sort of more of a showcase. Yep. But we were on national tally because you know some of the venues just went all out, um, and you know did some really cool burger Sammy, ideas. Sammy, did Sammy go to town? Sammy Griffin? No, because no. Sammy's already got amazing burgers yeah. anyway. Yep. Actually, speaking of Sammy, I really am fascinated about whether people eat. Are a chicken burger or a beef burger person? Oh. Like, are you one or the other, or are you both? I'm sort of both. Like, I think most people would say beef. Yeah. I feel like. Have you had their crumbed um, burger with the corn chips? I have only been in there once. Oh no. I oh, know. <laughs> <laughs> Loving the bits, but I, I don't frequent there very often. No, and neither I, do I. I, think I, I have had the chicken chips. I think it was a chat that had a uh, fundraiser for the bushfires. I yes. think that's when we ended up doing the cheeseburgers, I think. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so we did Burger Day. Um, and then at that same time, a, a number of producers had called to say, Kate, we've got product. Yep. But the restaurants are closed. How on earth are we going to shift some of our produce? So that's when we kind of shifted and started doing um, the Eat Drink West boxes. Mm -hmm. So I'd been working with Tim Matthews um, at the Forge and there was space at Housey Housey because there were no events happening. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, last year was, it was pretty stressful. Um, so Tim sort of took sort of the lead with that, which I was really grateful for with his team, with Alex, and we had um, friends, Nick Clare and Ross Huntington, give us a hand as well. Yep. And there was quite a few key people who sort of really helped get that up. And then I, um, I did some work with Blue Pyrenees Estate. Mm. So that was helping me sort of focus on something while I was homeschooling. Um, Jodie from Commerce started helping me out with um, Plater. Yep. And, and then my best friend who I mentioned before, Brad Fernando, was diagnosed with a really aggressive tumour. Um, in his jaw, Sorry. so. So um, it's funny you bring him up because I've been seeing. I didn't know anything about him until obviously recently when I see what you post. And actually, we, the first time you told me about him at BCM's open mm -hmm. home, I remember you maybe yeah. just got back from Melbourne with him. Yeah, I had. I'd been there that day. Um, and he's just a genuine guy. He actually, he, so Dusty at the playground, Jim, who was on last week. Uh, he said Brad messaged him. He said, I actually don't know Brad that well, but he, um, he said, I don't know what his financial situation is, but he, he, he said to me, um, do you need money? Like, do you need, like, I was like, fuck, that, that's incredible coming from someone that's going through so much right now to, to offer to help so many other people. Like you said, you've said he's a fantastic guy and 
I'd, yeah, I, I'd love to have him on, obviously. Yeah. So oh, I highly recommend that you get him on. Mm. He, is, he is an amazing person. And just to see what he has been through yeah. has been really heartbreaking. But at the same time, he is... I, I don't even know how to describe just how incredible he, he is. Yeah. He's been through such a traumatic time. But again, I mean, he, he is... You know, we have so much um, in common in our love for our local producers, our wineries, our food. So, you know, that, I think that's why it's brought us so close together. But um, his illness has brought us even closer together because he actually asked me to be a visitor to the hospital. So I actually spent three months of last year visiting Mal, visiting him in hospital three times a week. And um, he was told that he wouldn't be able to taste uh, from having the surgery. And well, in fact, I won't say too much because if he does yeah, come course. on, I mean, it is yeah, his story. Yeah, but what I will say is that while he was in hospital, he taught himself how to speak because- So, so they stopped, he stopped speaking? Well, oh, from what they removed, yeah. look, they <laughs> removed a lot of his tongue. Yeah. So he, he doesn't have a lot left, which meant that he had difficulty speaking. Yeah. And he started using Alexa oh, to yeah. speak from the pit of his stomach. And it was so amazing to see. Like it was, it, he is, you know, I talk about being determined. He has the determination and, and so much love for so many people. And even though he, exactly, he's going through a really hard time, he's still thinking about others. He's yeah. still checking in on others. He still wants to make sure that his wineries are going okay and the venues are going okay. Um, my kids, it's been really amazing to have my kids go through this journey as well because they've had Braddy as Braddy and, um, you know, he has been in their life for as long as I've known him. And, you know, in particular Florence, who's 10, she wanted to see him. You know, she knew that I was going to Melbourne so often. Um, Macy got it more in terms of kind of really understanding what was going on, but Florence really sort of struggled. And there was one day that she said, I really want to see a photo of Brad. And, you know, I'd been to, I'd been to see Brad from the second day of him being in intensive care from having most of his bottom jaw removed. Yep. So that was the journey of healing was massive. Yep. So when it got to the time where I felt comfortable to say, this is Braddy, she said, Mum, he looks good. I think he looks good. So she did a video for him and said, Braddy, I know that you're having a tough time. I've seen a video of you and I think you look really good. And and it, it's like, the, you know, the, the four-year-old kids with the grandparents. You know how there's just that like that connection? Yeah. She really, both of them did, but Florence really kicked into gear and started sending all these videos to him. And that was bringing him so much joy while he was in hospital. How old? She's 10. Oh, my God. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And Macy was exactly the same. Um, but Florence's videos in particular were just from the heart. You know, like she'd just get on and she'd just say whatever she'd want, um, which was really gorgeous. But what's also been amazing is that they've seen Brad as Brad. Yep. And they now see Brad after having surgery. And that gives me that opportunity to chat with the kids to say people might look different or sound different yeah. but we have to understand that there's a story for them as well 
And so that's been really wonderful to really be able to have those conversations that we might, I mean, I'd like to think that we were having them anyway, but um, it's just been really good for them to really think about things. It's different when they when you have somebody that's affected that they know personally. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, so um, he is, yeah, an incredible person and, um, you know, He's, he's, he is like family to Luke and I and, and all of our kids. We all absolutely adore him. Yeah. Yeah, Good. so that kind of brings me to now, How's to today, it, really. So what have you been doing today? What did you, what did <laughs> no, you well, really, like, as in... <laughs> um, so January, Brad ended up out of hospital. Yeah. And... Oh, I'm so sorry. Do you have a tissue? Oh, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to pause and go grab yes. one? Okay, we can pause. <laughs> Hang on. All right, we're back. <laughs> So, from moving on from today, so today, where are you at? Yeah, so this whole COVID time has actually been good for me to really take a deep breath, um, have some space in my head to think about, you know, where I'm at and, and what I'm up to. Yep. Um, so, I am working with Committee for Ballarat, yep. which is really amazing. Um, just, you know, being able to talk to a lot of members who are so passionate and smart about you know what does our city look like what what is our city going to look like um, those conversations have been great yeah and then behind the scenes I'm sort of working on played out Ballarat and eat drink west as well so um, that that break has been good obviously we're not in the event space at the moment um, but that doesn't mean I can't still support all of the operators so I'm just working um, strategically on on what I'm doing in that space and um, and then I'm, my kids are with me full time at the moment, which is amazing. Their dad's moved to Darwin for a year. So I'm making the most of that yep. and then making the most of, you know, family time and obviously Brad and spending time with him as well. So I've learned a lot mm. about priorities, truly what's important um, and just that juggle and just not having a full head. I feel like I really was on a roller coaster ride and I was having... So many people say, you're so busy, you're so busy, you're so busy. And I was really mindful thinking, am I saying that to people? Am I actually telling people I'm really busy? Because I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I've had time to really think about where I'm at yeah. and, and what am I, you know, going to do and, and yeah. It's a hard thing with the work-life balance though, isn't it? Because it's like people say to live now, you know, don't worry about not save, don't worry about not saving money, but like you just get so caught up in thinking, I suppose, long-term, but then you hear so many stories of people that you know, die with a lot of money or they, you know, you just never know. No. You really know, never know, but it's so hard because you just you don't know whether you save, you don't know whether you go out and go on a holiday, do you? Yeah, yeah it's very, absolutely. very hard. And I think just being present, I think just that whole being present and being in the moment is really important. Yeah. Um, having my own businesses meant that I was working a lot. Mm. So just having that time now to kind of have some set some boundaries for myself has been really good. Yep. Um, you know, so I've got time for friends and time for myself. Well, I'm not doing that very well yet. But, yep. yeah, I think just a lot has... The last 12 months has taught me a lot. Yeah, of course. Um, being in the food space, though, I think I need to ask you a few questions about food. <laughs> sure. What's the uh, best place in town for you? What's your favourite? <sighs> I, I don't, that's a really tricky question to ask okay, me. Okay, give me, give me some <laughs> of your favourites if we're not going to play favourites. Okay, so a few of my favourites. I, um, I've really been enjoying Roy Hammond at the moment. Yep, my brother. Yep. Uh, Renna, 
I'm going yep. there tomorrow for lunch. Oh yeah. Yep, I am. Reds or? I haven't. No, no, no. Okay, nope. <laughs> Just a like to catch up <laughs> yep. um, with a friend. We haven't been there for lunch yet, so we'll go there. Um, I, you know, always love going to Mitchell Harris. Mm. Um, I, I honestly don't have favourites because I love different places for different reasons. Like Luke and I take the kids to Moona Mountain because we really love it. They really love it. It's an opportunity for them to try different things and different flavours, um, you know, We'll go to Ragazzoni with friends and have, you know, some beautiful wines and some yep. beautiful pasta dishes. We might go to Eclectic Taste for lunch. So it's it's hard for me to say, you know, an absolute favourite. Time and um, place. There's a time and place for all. There is. And I mean, and this sort of really helps me to identify and, you know, acknowledge the fact that I'm saying we are, you know, a leading regional city in that culinary scene because I've just named quite a few places. Yep that I think, and I would hope that everyone would agree, are quality, yep. quality food, you know, service. Obviously, um, some venues are struggling at the moment with staff, mm -hmm. but, you know, I think we are really positioned to be that leading regional dining destination. Definitely. What do you think is going to happen with the nightlife? Do you think it's all going to turn more classy, like that cocktail type of bar, or do you think there will be more of a party scene still? Yeah, it's a good question. I. I sometimes like have these visions in my mind around, you know, are we kind of going to like merge, you know, the Portland, Oregon kind of beer scene into the New York cocktail bar scene, um, you know, with that Berlin sort of underground. Yep. I'm not sure. I think there's something for everybody and I think we need to sort of keep that. Yep. Um, you know, people come to Ballarat for different reasons and I think it's nice to have the offering for different things. I think the key thing for me is sophistication, yep. most certainly. Um, that contemporary offering and, you know, yeah, who are we and what are we? And I think the diversity is really important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, some good, good places right now. Like yeah. I really, from when I first moved here in 2011 or 12, skyrocketed yeah, the same. Yeah, definitely. and someone asked me the other day, why is that? And I said, I honestly, it's the people that are here. It's the people that are invested. Yep. They're clever. Yep. They research. They identify opportunities. Um, they have a love for quality, yep. and they want to make people happy with their food and drinks. Do you miss anything? Is there anything you'd love to see come? Um, I'd, I'd love to see a really good yum cha. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, a Lebanese restaurant. Yep. Some people tell me that they love a Korean barbecue. Oh yeah, and like the, I've been to one of those. Yeah. Well. Pretty good. Think of fun. Yeah, yep. so there's, there are still a few that I think we'd, we could do with. Yep. Um, you know, I know we've got a few Chinese restaurants, but I'd love something else in yep. that sort of Chinese space. Yep. But yeah. Ripper. Let's move on to some questions. I sent these to sure. you, so hopefully you had to think about them. I might have mentioned a few Did of them. You? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> since true Since we've too. been talking. Yep. Uh, what's something that people would be surprised to know about you? Uh... I don't know whether they'd be surprised, but it's something that I don't really tell people very often. But I once um, was on The Price is Right, <laughs> which I, I don't think you can... I, I'm comfortable to say it because I don't think you can find it at all. You'd um, be able to find it. What season? But I, what was a, I was such a shy person. My sister really wanted to go on the show. And I was it was when I was working at Cherub Gifts. And, I, I mean, I was working full-time, so yep. I didn't watch the show. I was like, yeah, yeah, yep, I'll come. And um, so, of course, when you first 
get go there they as you're going through the door they ask you a few questions and I'm just blah 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 anyway sit down the first person they called up was my name and I was like oh yay like I, I definitely wasn't the really energetic person that most people are when they get called down yep and then I started sort of speaking to Larry like oh yes thank you Larry and yes please and no thank you like I just was so shy and I was actually dying inside mm. um and then this guy walked out with a pair of speedos and some binoculars and I had to guess the price how much and Jesus. well I was like uh actually I can't remember now if I said 700 or 400 what for but, a pair uh, of oh, yeah. binoculars true so are they expensive yeah. Are they? yeah well I think they were really good ones okay and the price was right like I guessed the exact price so to, then to, I, to the tea <laughs> yeah. no you didn't I did, did. yeah so it was all awful and then I just wasn't even listening because I was that embarrassed and wanted to leave that I kind of just it was awful but anyway so that's something did you win uh, no be, no when but you... I did win the binoculars and I did win a hundred dollars so you hey, I'm just explain the show because I remember watching it but not not well I, then you had to go into like a game so they like oh, put you okay. on this game set yeah and yeah no Nope. Okay, so you got the binoculars and the speedos. Yes, so that's something. <laughs> We've already talked about the fact that I tried to do a dating site yes. and I tried to go to China and We're all over that. make all these um, cosmetic bags. But, yeah, that is something that perhaps okay, cool, I like is that a bit, one. That's, that's, that's quite embarrassing. One. That's a good one. Uh, what do you love most apart from family? Oh, yes. Well, I'm glad that you acknowledge that I do yeah, love my family very much. Um, I love. I love my friends. Mm. I love being out in nature. I love learning. I did a survey the other day. It was a skills-based um, survey and I was really surprised that I actually had love of learning on the top. Yep. And I'm like, no, that's not true. But then I started thinking about everything that I've done. You know, I researched so many beer festivals in America and reached out to people in America and asked them questions when we did beer fest, when I did played up Ballarat, I went to Wellington. Um, so I do actually have this love of learning. And if I'm going to be in a space, I actually really like to understand it so that I can talk to it yep. and actually know it. So, um, The process, would you go? Uh, like yeah, the process, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, look, to be honest, catching up with my friends and family and, um, and hanging out and just sort of being and, and walks with girlfriends or whatever it might be, that's kind of where I'm at really. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what are you most afraid of? Uh, I'm afraid of snakes because I nearly stood on once and well, I nearly stood on one yep. once, yep. Um, which I was extremely terrified. Uh, but in terms of myself being afraid of, I used to probably say I used to have, a, I'd be afraid of failing, but I'm actually not anymore. I um, actually sort of take that and go, I'll learn from it. Listen, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Not sure. Afraid of letting people down, probably. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's probably that's really where I'm one. at. Definitely. <laughs> um, what's something someone's ever said to you in your life that's never left you? Uh, so my grandma used to always say that you should never comment comment on other people's food, and certainly comment on what people are eating. Really? Yes. And it's been really good because then that's what I say to my kids as well. Because kids naturally go, oh, yeah, you're eating tuna. And, and, you know, and I might sorry. say to my daughter. Right. I thought you meant like at a restaurant. Oh, no. Like, sorry, gotcha. <laughs> no, sorry. But more so, you know, just. Just rant like that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. even at school, like if, you know, my daughter's sitting next to someone and they open their lunchbox and 
all of a sudden there's you know comments about some, you know something that someone's eating. So um, that has always stuck with me. Why did she say that? What was the? Well, I don't know. I'd say that there's four of us in my family, and probably someone was commenting on something, and yep. Nan was very much, you know, just don't comment on on what they're eating. That person is enjoying it, and they like it, and so you, you don't need to speak about it. And yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah, I wrote that, Nan. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any mentors you really look up to, or people around town that are like? I have a few. Yeah, yep, I do. I mean, Lynn McLennan, who I worked with for so long at UFS Dispensary, she's a good friend and, you know, mentor. Um, Serena Aldridge, who I mentioned before with Good Food. Again, friend, mentor. Um, Richard Cornish, Peter Mm. Ford. Richard Cornish is the uh, good food writer for The Age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, He came to do a pie comp with me once and judging, and we've just become friends ever since. And he's sort of a good mentor. Um, Lukey. Lucky boy. Lucky boy. Yep. He definitely, probably too much though. So. <laughs> <laughs> I adore him. Um, but yeah, no, I've got quite a few. But certainly they're all, you know, very good friends. They probably wouldn't even know that I call them mentors. But yep. yeah. It's good. Yep. Good circle. Um, last one here. Who, who do you want to see on the podcast next? Well, obviously Brad Fernando. Yeah. I think would be wonderful for him to share his story. Um, you know, for people to, they've, you know, like you, you don't really know him, so I'd love for yep. him to be able to share his story. Um, Matthew Valance, I don't know if you know him. He's no. at McCallum Disabilities. Oh, yeah. yeah. I uh, did the leadership program for committee with him. Yep. I think he's amazing. He was at UFS when I was doing that, but he's at McCallum, and I think I was kind of trying to think, you know, who are some people that are doing great things in our community and, you know, are great people? Um, so, him, yep. Beck Dejordovic at Monash. Beck Dejordovic. Beck? Is she going to do Matt Dejordovic that was on a couple uh, weeks ago? I don't know. No, I don't know. She's at um, Monash Organics. Okay. The, um, yeah, the soil company. Yep. She's an absolute go getter. Amazing story. I've heard her speak. Um, you know, in forums before, and her, her story is wonderful. So I think she would be really gorgeous to get on. Cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've got a long list. I don't know how many people I'm allowed to put. Oh, up. any. If you got more, <laughs> hit me I'll up. give you some offline. Uh, anything else you want to share with people that are at? Uh, no, thank you. I love what you're doing, Josh. No worries at all. Yeah, it's really on. been really good to talk to you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Beautiful. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks, Kate. Bye. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for tuning in, team. Once again, would appreciate any reviews you've got down below. Have a great day.